what, a year and a half ago? Something like that. Um, I found his YouTube channel um, and uh, I was very interested in somebody who was, uh, had taken a, an abandoned property and had turned, was turning it into a minpaku. So um, he has, so Anton has a, a very, very popular YouTube channel. Um, first of all, he was streaming in Japanese, which I think was absolutely incredible given that it's not English isn't in even his first language. So to do it in Japanese, a third language is incredible. Um, it became an extremely popular um, channel during the pandemic. And since then he has started another channel, which is in English. And so we are very, very grateful to have him as our final speaker. So I'm gonna hand it over. Thank you very much, Tracy. Thank you very much for, am I doing this right? Yes, you're doing that. Amazing. Thank you very much for uh, coming today. And uh, I see a lot of uh, familiar faces here. Uh, first time for me holding a presentation like this in English. I've done it in Japanese a few times with uh, a slightly different angle, more about DIY and renovation from like this more from a foreigner's perspective. How do we renovate houses? And uh, yeah, I'm from the country of Ikea and we're kind of uh, grown up this way. So it's just, I guess it's in my blood and in my grown up. Uh, but what do you know about Akia? Anyone has a thought? Anyone has something to say? What do you know about Akia? Abandoned houses. And how many Akias does Japan have? Four million we have there. We have 10 million over there. And how many Akias does Japan have in 10 years? We will get here in a few minutes. But first, uh, let me talk a little bit about what I do. Tracy gave a small presentation here. And uh, if you watched my YouTube channel, you probably know a little bit but i'll give a little bit more of an explanation here because online i usually don't give up all my cards uh, so this is the first freestanding house i bought in sangenjaya uh, right before the pandemic and i turned it into an ikea kitchen uh, this costs about 200,000 yen to make, uh, a lot of labor, but not too uh, money consuming, I would say. You just got to have time. And it was pandemic, so I built my first IKEA kitchen in a freestanding house this way. Uh, in the same house, I also turned one of the old Oshire, Japanese storage units, into another IKEA kitchen. And this costs about $1,000 to make. Uh, I'm not a professional. There has some, uh, yeah, wabi-sabi. Nothing is perfect, right? Uh, but I made it on my own with a plumber's help and my local electrician. Um, and that's me. Uh, yeah, you see, labor, labor, dirt, sweat, and the Japanese summers are very hot. Uh, this is my most recent project that you've probably seen online. Uh, Isosaki-san over there has been there. Todd has been there. Uh, Tracy has been there. 
and I bought this Akia last year in April after talking to the previous owners for about a year. Uh, and I turned it into this. Let me see here. This is from my friend Caleb Simpson who came and visited my house. How do we do this? Oh. oh excuse me. Yeah. How much do you pay for rent? This is like the type of place I was hoping to stay in. So uh, that's my friend Caleb from New York, and he completely blew internet up with this video. I think it has about 100 million views online on a different platform. So it's like the population of my country, Sweden, like everybody would have seen it 10 times over. Um, this was the first house or apartment I did uh, close to Shibuya. Uh, it was a shithole. So <laughs> if you didn't realize by now, I'm dealing with the properties that Tracy, Ziv or Emil don't touch. Like <laughs> I'm like the lowest, lowest in the market. And then I turned them into something nicer. So you see here. This building was built in 1991. There was a kitchen in the entrance. And I, I moved the kitchen and uh, I turned it into this house. So this is my friend Baya. She stays there now. Uh, I became an owner, a landlord, and uh, I don't charge any stupid fees like every other landlord does here. Uh, seven months of uh, gratitude money or deposits and all this. And I'm fairly easy to deal with. So I, yeah, it hasn't been hard to rent this, this store out, uh, this place out. Uh, so I bought it for 40 million yen uh, and then fees for about 500,000 yen, uh, put in one and a half million in renovation. 
And this cost me 16 million yen and it rents for 150,000 a month. So I make a return of investment of about 10%. Close to Shibuya. Um, and what I do is I renovate into, I renovate these shitholes into something Swedish, Japanese-ish. I take what I have and I don't necessarily use a lot of expensive material. I utilize sunlight, I utilize wood, I utilize light colors. And there are some aspects in an apartment or a house, what I'm looking in is uh, things you can't change, such as the location of a house, uh, the amount of sunlight in a house, and then harder things, where can you put windows in a house? Uh, is it gonna be expensive to change uh, plumbing, electricity? Um, like, there are some things you can't change, and I'm very picky with the places that I choose. If there is an apartment of this size with, for example, I hate this room. There are like two windows here, like this, terrible. I couldn't live here, I think. Uh, I love sunlight and I uh, love bright spaces. Of course, a, a house can have some, uh, some darker elements, but having something light and bright makes me very happy. And it's very, very nice to live in a, in a light space. So I do Akia renovation. I've done a few Akia renovations and uh, doing this online, there are myths I have to debunk every day. And what is an Akia bank? Someone knows what an Akia bank is? Yes, but I've never been in contact with an Akia bank. I have friends who've dealt with thousands of Akias and they've never been in contact with an Akia bank. While the initiative uh, for an Akia bank is really good, they try to revitalize and um, do something good for society, it doesn't really work because the good Akias, they're taken and they're bought already by the investors and the people who already know what they're doing. So let me give you an example in this. Uh, first, why is Akia bad for the neighborhood? Like animals move in, fire hazards, fire risks. Uh, it doesn't look good. And uh, the owners of Akias aren't really bothered. It usually starts with the neighbors who report them into the municipality and then contact the owners of the Akias. Uh, and by reviving Akia, you're reviving the neighborhood as well. Uh, here we're back at the numbers, the question I asked you in the beginning. So this survey is from 2018, I think, taken from, uh, from the government of Japan. 2013, it says here, Japan had 8.2 million abandoned houses. And the, uh, in 2033, it's not so long until then, it's 10 years, it's going to be almost 22 million abandoned houses in Japan. And it's a very delicate question because no one wants to really grapple with this problem. I've been in contact with uh, Kuyakusho from Setagaya, for example. And Setagaya, who has a rapidly growing population, is one of the most dense Tokyo, or the like almost a million inhabitants, and it's going to grow until 2053. And they have 50,000 abandoned houses in Setagaya. 
Um, here you see the reason to the abandoned houses. Uh, so the population peaked here in 2008. I've heard other numbers, 2011, 2010. I've heard 2012 before, but according to the government, 28, this survey. And how do the Akya owners, they're getting their Akyas through inheritance in most cases. Um, and as you probably understood by listening to Tracy, Emil, and Ziv, uh, Japanese people like newer houses for several reasons. The average uh, lifespan of a Japanese house, like the age when a Japanese house is torn down is 32.1 years. While in the US it's 66.6 .6, and in the UK it's 80.6. Uh, so this is what I do. I revive kind of uh, shitty houses in great locations and turn them into, yeah, I have one Airbnb house called Sanginjaya House and then I have a few long-term rentals. But it's very hard to find these Akias in great locations. You need to be involved in the community and you need to know where to look and who to talk to. Because the land is usually very valuable, even though the house isn't really. So Akia Toshi is the, the art of investing in Akias. And it's, it's fascinating to me because uh, it has a low buy-in buy point and you actually do something good for society. You buy old houses in old and mondai bukken. So properties with uh, defaults and with uh, maybe they're leaking or maybe they're about to like you need to spend a lot of time or money into renovating them. And I spoke to Emil right before this. He only deals with properties here. And that's newly produced houses and almost new. And then there are Chuko Bukken, about 15, 20 years old. And then there are Mondai Bukken. And real estate agents doesn't really make a commission in buying these properties. And that's been my niche. And that's uh, my friend's niches as well around. We target these houses and they're basically prob problematic for the owners and for the real estate agents. So I know people who get handed properties incredibly cheap, sometimes even for free, because they by reviving them, they're going to do something good for the community. And um, it's not only about money, I think. If you've lived in a house that you love uh, from when you were a kid, and you know instead of that house is going to be like dilapidated, dilapidated or maybe torn down, like a lot of people rather seeing people move in and revive their old childhood home. So it's not only about money. And this is one of the Mondai Bukken, one of the older ones, for example, that my friend acquired. So you see the kind of condition that I'm talking about. Uh, this is another one that my friend uh, Isusaki-san, uh, he turned this house into this. And he bought the house for 800,000 yen, including land, he put 1.2 million yen into renovation. So 2 million yen in total. And then he gets a rental income of 43,000 yen per month, making his return of investment 25.8%, which is great. It's better than the stock market. Um, 
there are risks to this. Uh, earthquakes, natural disasters, there are termites everywhere. And it's also kind of a hustle to finding reliable contractors and labor, finding someone you trust. And uh, I've done this the way I've been working with a local community and just asking, asking around. And I haven't been in such a rush time-wise. So if you're in a rush, I think you'll have to spend more money into doing this. Uh, there are a few monetization points in doing this. Uh, you get the rent every month. Then you, get, uh, you can potentially get insurance money if you sign an insurance. Uh, then you can also sell it as an investment property because you're going to generate value every month, right? Like the, I'll get to that in a second. And one man's trash, another man's treasure. I'll get to that one as well. For example, this one, it's a house my friend bought in Ibaraki. He bought it for 600,000 yen, and it was full of stuff everywhere. Books, clothes, kimonos, chests. It was, think of it as a house. It's been, this one, I would guess, abandoned for about 20 years. And he found a collection of stamps inside that he sold for 2.3 million yen. And this one as well, a huge house in Chiba that he bought for 200,000 yen. You see the condition is terrible. It's ready to be torn down. But this house was insured. And when Hagibis, that was the name of the typhoon, right? It hit and it blew the roof off. And he got uh, 19 million yen back from the insurance company. <laughs> So actually, by doing this, you can make a lot of money. I'm not saying it's a passive income. Uh, it's a lot of work. But while you do this and you make money, you actually do something good because you provide housing to marginalized people. Uh, the amount of uh, elderly people in Japan is increasing. They have a hard time finding a rental contract. Uh, the amount of people on welfare is also increasing. While... Uh, the amount of foreigners is also increasing in Japan. And many of us, we've probably all been in the situation of having a hard time finding a rental contract. This is another friend of mine, uh, Isono-san. Um, he buys these properties. This is from a book that I've been writing. But So this whole chart will be in this book. I'll get to that in a few minutes. But he buys them for this price. He puts this much money into renovation. This is his closing costs for um, yeah, brokerage fees, etc. And he rents them out. And that's his profit when he's renting them out. And then he sells them here as investment properties. So there are, uh, there are money to be made, even in... This is rural Japan. And... If you talk to a broker, they're always saying, stay away from rural Japan. You can never make money buying and selling properties in rural Japan. But I think this is a proof that you actually can. I'm not saying it's passive, but there is a possibility. Yes. Yeah. That's a Niigata one. And I asked him as well. And he said that he made the money back from the profit. So it was a plus minus, but... Just based on the selling price, it's a minus. And he 
bought a few of them in Chiba and then he tried to try a different area, but obviously it didn't work. So he went back to Chiba again. Uh, what is hard with buying an Akia to renovate them? Uh, financing, as Emil said in his presentation, no bank will probably lend you money for this. And then also acquiring the property because no broker wants to help you either. Would they want to sell a $1 million house or a $100 million house? Um, and by acquiring these properties, I've never had like an inspection made for my properties. I see them and then you buy them as is. No claim is a word that real estate agents love. No claim, remember that one, because you'll, you'll get it cheaper, especially if you have cash, like you, you'll get very cheap houses. And then your end customer, you always have to have your end customer in mind. Uh, why do you want to buy an Akia as an investment? Do you want one to live in? It's, I've realized by doing YouTube, a lot of foreigners wants to buy a house just because they can't buy a house in their own country. And if you don't have an end goal with it, I don't think it's, it's doable. If, if you have no connection to Japan, I mean, you're all here, you're all listening to me right now in Tokyo. So I guess it's a little bit different, but I've realized a lot of people just want to buy a house because they can. And I don't think that's the right approach. Um, estimate the renovation costs. Who is your end customer? Time versus money. If you don't have time, you got to spend money. If you don't have money, you got to spend time. And what can you do on your own DIY? You cannot do electricity. You cannot, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't advise you to do structural work. Uh, you cannot touch any gas, but, and you cannot touch uh, and change the walls and make the house bigger. You can do some plumbing on your own, but you cannot connect the pipes to, um, yeah, exactly. So you need, you need a licensed person to kind of overlook you. And if you work with the local community, like the people with licenses, they will they will help you. Yes. Uh, you mentioned that you can't do something. I don't want to take responsibility. Okay, so, so if you're knowledgeable in that, yeah. do you have to have a certain license and you can't do that? You or don't. You yeah. Did not I, I don't want to take responsibility. I don't want to. You need an engineer or an architect for it. Better be safe than sorry. Like Japanese people wouldn't even want to touch these houses. So, yeah, I, I mean, you can if if you feel safe. Like by law, you're you're allowed to. It does nothing. Nothing says that you can't do it. Um. Yes. It's about before buying and purchasing the house. So the easier you are to deal with, the more likely the broker and the seller wants to sell it to you for cheap. And I'll, I'll, I'll show you an example very soon. Uh, so for example here, the cheapest house on the market here in Chiba, Kujukuri, just a few kilometers away from the Olympic surf beach. If you type in on the market, the cheapest one is 4.9 million yen. But if you drive around and you talk to the local brokers, I got this one handed to me. 1.5 million yen but you can get it cheaper if you buy it cash and i would I guess that we could get this for seven eight hundred thousand yen which is five thousand dollars 
Let's, this is my house. Thank you for watching. And this is my book that I've been writing for the past six months, kind of like explaining what I do and how I do things. Um, and if you have any questions, I'm very happy to answer your questions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what about buying a house to create a film studio, photo studio, etc., right? Yeah. I would say go ahead. <laughs> I would say it's a great and phenomenal idea. And I think that's, uh, that's something that everybody would benefit from. And then there are, there are no regulations and no zonings. Depends on if you're going to rent it out or if you're just going to use it as you and your community, for example. Yes. Yeah. With what? Tidal. Oh, uh, yes. So there, there are titles. Uh, is there any problem with titles? Uh, if you find most of the houses you can see in Setagaya, I told you there were 50,000 of them. Mo many of these houses are, you cannot locate the owners. So it doesn't matter how many times you knock the door, like no one's, no one's ever going to answer you to that one. What you can do is to ask around in the neighborhood who owns this house. Maybe someone will have a lead. It's not going to happen. You, you, like, you get full ownership of the house by buying the house. I'm not squatting. I don't know anyone who's ever squatted a house. So like by buying an abandoned house, akya is the Japanese word, but vacant house is probably the most uh, most accurate. I have never touched an akya bank. I always go with a real estate agent. Yes. You, you, own, you own the house and the land in the same way as if Emil, like the houses Emil will sell you. Just that don't go to Emil for this because he wouldn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not at all. So, so you, you, after you bought the house, you own it in the same way as if Emil would have sold you a house. Yes. Still the same topic. Yeah. Who are you buying it from? So I am locating uh, the real estate agents or the real owners. If I locate a real owner, I then connect them to a real estate agent friend of mine. And then they probably get one on their side as well. Or in my, in my last example. So the seller was present. They have a selling agent and I have a buying agent. So I never usually discuss prices directly with the owners because it's very delicate as well. Like it's their belongings, it's their houses, it's their, their memories is all in there. So you want to make it easy and be very respectful. And if you're respectful, things will come your way. And the house, is, the house I so showed you now for 1.5 million yen is sold through a real estate agent. It's just that they don't put these houses on the market because they don't want to be called 200 times a day for a house that they're going to make 
$200 from. And the Akia banks, my impression is that in Akia banks, a lot of the houses that no one wants, they end up in Akia banks. Yes. No more questions? Freezy. There, if there are any subsidies in what I do, there are a lot of subsidies. Uh, in my experience, Japanese bureaucracy is very slow and I prefer having my house listed four or five months earlier and not work with uh, bureaucracy. Then I get rental income those four or five months instead of getting a grant for a few thousand dollars. I have a new project going on in uh, Chiba. I'll, I'm not going to tell you about it now, but I'm, I'm, I was approached by the municipality in Chiba and they told me that they can get one third of the renovation up until 5 million yen in subsidies if you, if you get to Chiba and buy a house. So they're, from the municipality's perspective, they're very keen on revitalizing their, their villages as well. As an investment as well, as I understood it, as I understood it, I contacted, I got you in contact with her, Tracy, I think. So maybe Tracy will utilize. Oh, she did. Sorry about that. Yes. Yes. So they, they have that in Setagaya as well. I think up to 2 million yen, which is a substantial sum, I think. It's just that you have to wait for a long time to, to get these subsidies. Yes. I would, if, uh, if Akias is worth doing and if you don't speak Japanese, basically, right? I would say you need you need to speak some level of Japanese or have someone in your like surrounding that speaks fairly good Japanese. My first apartment, I bought it after living here for seven months and I gutted it and renovated it all. Uh, and no one screwed me over. No one. Uh, it was, it was very, fairly easy, I think. And uh, buying an Akya is slightly a bigger step, I think. But if you just spend time there, I think like people will help you. Like you're doing something good for the community. And if you buy an Akia and you spend a lot of time there, you're going to get to know the local community. They're, they're going to teach you. You're going to teach them a lot of things. And just being part of the community, I think that's the first step. So if someone wants to buy an Akia, I would just get immersed in a community that you like and in, in an area that you like. And... Maybe you don't have to buy one straight away. Maybe you rent a house or rent an apartment in a community you like and you spend time there. But if you're here for the investment, I think you will need to speak some kind of Japanese. Yeah, that's been keeping me very busy the past. How can you invest in my projects? Uh, I need to 
give uh, please give me one month or two i'm working on two kind of exciting projects uh i'll see what the final product is going to look like but there's there's been a big interest from not so much from japan but from abroad into investing in what i do so please stay tuned i, I need to find a good funnel for this and a good way of doing this i don't i I want to take it slow and see the right path for me at the moment. Yes. That is more of a visa problem, I think. If I don't pay them, I don't see like... Uh, I pass. <laughs> yes. No regulation at all. You buy it on the same premises as a Japanese citizen. Yes. Uh huh. So, uh, is there any? I know it, Italy has some kind of incentives of giving away a house for one euro, but you need to live in the house within the next five years or there's something similar to that. But Japan doesn't have regulations regarding that. You buy it, you get title on it, and then it's yours and you don't have to live there. I would recommend you to do it or do something with it but because it's a shame if it just stays empty, but you don't have to. Yes, sorry. Yeah. So I'm uh, I I do it all under a company, a Japanese company, and I have an accountant who is very helpful because there's a lot of things you you can pay the taxes every third month or by year. And it's not too expensive. I think the Sangin uh, the, the the first apartment I showed you, I pay about $200 a year in taxes. The rent, like in re return of in interest or the rental income? The oh, the, the percentage, of, percentage of tax. I usually just reinvest and buy more houses in the company. Yeah. So that goes into the company, right? That I own. And then you can deduct, you can deduct a lot of things in Japan. So you like, they have like this, uh, I, I forgot the word in English, but when you buy an air conditioner, for example, like for depreciate, what, what's, what's it called in Japanese? There's a Japanese, yes, genka shokyaku. So you, you get the depreciation per year for what is an air conditioner, eight years or five years or whatever it is. And yeah, I'm not, I let my accountant <laughs> solve all of those boring things, you know, yeah.
Thank you, Emil. Who said that? Yes, exactly. So it's different for a company, right? people to see what I'm buying. Okay. So, are we good on time or anyone has... Okay. Yes, go ahead. I'll do my best. What are your thoughts on the feasibility of these like $5,000, 10000 I think that's a great idea, um, but it depends on what what you want. You know, if you only have eight thousand dollars, but you have a lot of time and you enjoy DIY and renovation, like you you might as well. If you don't have, I think a lot of people have eight thousand dollars in their bank account, but a lot of people don't have thirty thousand dollars in their bank account, right? Um. I think it's a great idea, but it depends on what you want to do with it. It it really does, and if it is, is it more feasible to buy a cheap house for five thousand dollars or a house for twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars? If it's a more expensive house, most likely it won't. You won't need that excessive renovation, I would guess. Depending on the area, of course, like, uh, but if you have a lot of time, like, and the knowledge and expertise, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say you shouldn't do it, but you will not get a good house for $5,000. Maybe in Akita or Aomori or I don't know. Yes. I do a little, uh, if I outsource my property management, I do a little bit of both. I enjoy, so my last house became an Airbnb and I have it half outsourced and half on my own. But I really enjoy like meeting the clients because they come there and they see the house and then I get kind of like a sense of, yeah, I enjoy that. Great.
Thank you very much for listening.